Hey everyone, welcome to episode 125, Stack the Strats. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. So this title, you know, I have so much fun with the titles. And when they're alliteration, they're even more fun. And this title comes from Grady because he's always talking about strats. Strats in playing Mario when he's playing Nintendo Switch or the strat for baseball or the strat for golf. And I'm like, can't you just say strategy? He's like, mom, we don't say strategy. We say strat. Okay, so I love the word strategy and I love the word strat. So stacking the strats came to me because it's alliteration and it's fun to say because I want you to think about stacking the strats for your kids on how to help them calm down. Because like I've said a million times, our kids don't know how to calm down on their own. They want to be just like us. Monkey see, monkey do. So if we don't know, then they don't know. And it's like two blind people walking through the forest and staying on the path. They are literally emulating and modeling and embodying everything that we are showing them. When I was teaching reading in first grade, which was such a fun grade to teach, highly recommend that grade if you're ever thinking about going into teaching because it is where you see so much growth in the reading. And how you teach anything with kids is going to be large group, small group, independent. Large group, small group, independent. We could do a podcast called LSI, large group, small group, independent. So when we're teaching reading, we have to teach them in the large group some different strategies like sound it out chunk it, use picture clues. What is the author's purpose? So they know what to do when they get to a word they don't know. You're going to stack the strats, so to speak. You don't want to just teach one way to decode a word because that one way doesn't always work. Just like if I use sound it out and I taught my first graders only to sound it out, when they get to words like the that don't fit in the sound it out category, they need something underneath that that will make sense. Because if sounding it out doesn't work, what's plan B? What's plan C? What's plan D? Now they can lean on sounding it out. That could be their go-to. But when that doesn't work, what's underneath that? That's why I love seeing how our kids are manipulating numbers and learning how to do math in so many different ways because they're teaching different strats for kids because a lot of kids learn differently. Like some kids can memorize all the math facts. Some kids, like I was talking about a couple weeks ago, they need those manipulatives. They need to actually touch it, feel it, see it. They need a visual. Some people can just have a very strong memory and they can just always remember it. But if it doesn't make sense to them, when they go to pull the strat out of their tool belt, so to speak, if that strat doesn't work, what's plan B? What's plan C? What's plan D? That works with math. That works with when you're teaching spelling, when you're teaching reading. Like Grady this week had a spelling word that was so hard. So Grady this week has 25 words and his words obviously are getting harder every week. And he had the word deciduous. I'm like, what? So it's the night before and he's still struggling on the word deciduous. He knows all the other 24 words, but that one is a hard one for him. And so instead of just making him memorize it, we came up with the mnemonic device. I didn't know how to spell this word. I didn't even know what the word meant. Deciduous, D-E-C-I-D-U-O-U-S. 
And so the U-O-U-S was tricky. So he's pretty good at like seeing it, memorizing it, seeing it, practice, practice. And they practice all week. And Decidius just wasn't sticking with all the different things that they do at school, what we do at home, wasn't clicking. David goes over before bed, wasn't clicking. It was clicking, but it was just shaky. Because some words like the word royal, he's like R-O-Y-A-L, very fast, very confident. And then Decidius would come up and it'd be like D-E-C-I-D. And then it was like very shaky. And so we were stacking the strats with that word because the skills and the practice that he was doing at school and at home with us and what I do with him in the car, it wasn't really working. So we came up with almost like plan A, plan B, plan C. And now this is plan D. And so we said, well, let's pretend it's the story. You, oh, you, like you're looking for someone in a crowd. I said, or we could say, you owe us salad. You owe us Subway. Now, we don't want to come up with a story for every single word of all 20, because then he can't remember them all. But he needed something to layer it to kind of embed it in his brain a little bit more. So the same thing works when we're teaching our kids about any type of emotion they don't know what to do with. We have to do all of our teaching through modeling and embodying, which I've said a billion times. And it's very hard to do, especially if we were never taught it ourselves. So it's a lot of figure it out and then see what works. Figure it out, see what works. What works for me? Does meditation work? listening to music. We all have some vices that are really good for managing stress. And then we also have some not so great vices. Our kids have neither. So if you feel stress and you have a glass of wine to kind of offset some of that stress, nothing wrong, nothing good, nothing bad, but our kids don't even have that glass of wine for obvious reasons. So we have to stack the strats with them because right now they might have some unhealthy ways of feeling their emotions. Maybe they were modeled. Maybe that's just the way they came out of the womb. That's just part of their temperament. And so stacking the strat is filling up their tool belt, so to speak, of what to do when you get to emotion you don't know, what to do with it. Just like when we're teaching reading in large group, small group, independently, large group, we would teach a bunch of different strats. Then in small group, we would learn a bunch of different strats on books that were on their reading level. And then independently is when they're going to practice it. So the same thing works for our kids. If you think about reading that way, large group, small group, independent. So large group would be at the grocery store. Small group would be within your four walls. Independently is when they strike out on the baseball field or where they're playing golf. And Grady had a really nice shot. He was going for par and he missed par. It was the first time ever getting par in an actual hole versus just going to the driving range. So that's when they're going to practice it independently. And they're going to have tons of practice in all the areas. And they will never, ever master managing their emotions 100%. Just like Grady is not going to always know all of his spelling words if he studies them on Monday and then he learns them and he has a test on Friday. He'll know most of them. He'll do his best, but then he has to forget the rest. That's where B minus comes in because a lot of times we are so triggered and so upset that they're so upset. So then we get upset with them and then we're both lost in translation. So when I was at UCF, I had the honor of taking classes with Becky Bailey If you go to her website, ConsciousDiscipline.com, gives lots of strats. And these are things that you can teach your kids during calm waters. You can model it when you're feeling upset or when you're feeling stressed or when you're feeling anxious or when you're feeling lonely or when you're feeling angry. These are all things that you can model for them during calm waters. Sometimes you can make up situations and make up scenarios just to model it for them. Or you might feel very overwhelmed with everything going on in the house and the chores and all the things. And so you can talk out loud like, okay, right now I have overwhelm flowing through my body. Ooh, I'm gonna take a deep breath. I need to turn on some Christian music. I need to light this candle. And so we're teaching them by what we're modeling and embodying. And so on her website, she talks about four different ways of teaching our kids and making it fun and light and fluffy. And this can be done through role modeling. You can do it with puppets. You can do it when you're in the car. 
You can do it when you're feeling overwhelmed with all the dishes and laundry that you have to do. And the first one is called drain. Extend your arms out, pretending your arms are faucets. Tighten the arm, shoulder, and face muscles. Exhale slowly and make the shh sound and release all of your muscles, draining out the stress. Do you see how this is gonna be fun and light and fluffy for your kids, especially your little ones? Because they don't know what to do. And so we give them strats and it helps them to get out of the red and yellow zone by empowering them and equipping them versus go to your room, go to timeout, leave me alone, act your age, calm down. I don't know about you, but when someone tells me to calm down and I'm upset, that is actually gonna do the opposite. The next one she talks about is star. Smile, take a deep breath and relax. Encourage belly breathing where the tummy goes out when the air goes in and in when the air goes out. Also help children to exhale slower than they inhale. This is all done during calm water. So then when you get to the step of, do you need help calming down or do you wanna calm down by yourself? You have strats to pull from. You have things to offer. You can give them the choice of two. Another one is pretzel. Standing up, cross your ankles. Now cross your right wrist over your left. Turn your hands so your thumbs are facing the floor. Put palms together and interlace fingers. Bend your elbows out and gently turn your hands down towards your body until they rest on the center of your chest. Put your tongue out on the roof of your mouth. Relax and breathe. So when we tell our child to calm down, we can say, do you want to do the drain or do you want to do the pretzel to calm down? The last one that is on this beautiful image, balloon. Place your hand on top of your head and interlace your fingers. Breathe in through your nose as you raise your arms, inflating an imaginary balloon. Release the air in the balloon by pursing your lips, exhaling slowly, lowering your arms, and making a sound. When they yell and scream and throw things and hit, what they're trying to do is they're trying to get that vibration and that frequency and that stress out of their body. So they're actually very present with their emotions. So remember the four steps to calming any child down. First, you detach the ego so you can attach to the heart level. They don't belong to you in that moment. They're on loan to you. They came through you, not from you. The next step is you can label what you're seeing. You seem really hot. You seem really upset. You seem really sad. You seem really angry. You don't say all of those things. Or with Grady, he likes the yellow and the red. You seem like you're going from yellow to red pretty fast. And so once you've labeled it, it kind of gives them the emotional vocabulary to tell you next time where they don't go from zero to 100. They're going to have some steps and a way to like go from zero to 10 first and then normalize, normalize, normalize. I know how you feel. I felt that way too sometimes. That totally stinks, especially if it's not related to you. Then it's super easy just to totally connect with the emotion. Now we're going to ignore the behavior right now because they're in the red zone. So we're trying to get them out. And then you offer support. For my kids, they're 11 and 13. They have lots of strats in their tool belt. I might say something like, do you want help calming down or do you want to calm down by yourself? I have one child who likes help. I have another child who wants to flee the scene. That's much different than saying, go to your room, leave me alone. No, I wouldn't suggest teaching them these all at once in one sitting, but just throw out one and throw out a second one. So that's large group you can practice. Again, during calm waters, you can do it large group, small group, or independently. And then when you're working in a small group with them in the car, when I say small group, I don't mean sitting at a table and it's very formal. Most of your teaching isn't like sit down knee to knee. It's on the go. It's lessons are caught, not taught. So we don't have to have a big sit down, and but make it fun, make it light and fluffy. And you can teach them so much in the car, when you're making their food, when you're talking out loud, how you help yourself calm down. And then when you are role-playing or you are having a stressful moment, ask them, if they're old enough, what you should do to help you calm down because you're feeling upset, you're feeling angry, you're feeling frustrated, you're feeling... Now, we're not going to them like they're our therapists, but when they suggest something, then you know, okay, that's their go-to. That's their stacking of the strats. So you can see what their first one is. You can see what their second one is. You can see what their third one is. 
by seeing what they go to to help themselves calm down. This is super good news because then you can use that when you're modeling. And then if you want them to strengthen a little bit more, then their backup and their backup for their backup, you could model that for them. You can make up scenarios in the car. You can make up scenarios in the house. Because when we sit down and we say, I want to teach you something, their wall goes up because they think that something's wrong with them. Now, Grady's favorite go-to for <laughs> until like, I don't know, seven or eight, maybe nine, was making soup. And making soup, he talks about when he's doing the podcast. It's a little bit hard to understand what he's talking about then, but I will explain it to you. And it's super silly, but it worked like a charm. He's 11 now. So if I offered to ask him to make soup, he would laugh me out of the room. So that's why you have to do things that are age appropriate. And that's why our podcast is super empowering because I'm giving you four different ways. And I guarantee that you could come up with four more of your own. But you don't have to teach those all to your kids at once. That would be crazy making. You teach it slowly but surely and they're not supposed to be happy all the time. You don't want that because they're in your emotional literacy lab for 940 Saturdays. So how are we gonna teach them that this is part of the human experience, that 50% you're gonna feel amazing, 50% you're gonna feel stress and you're gonna feel the yuck. What are we gonna do about the yuck? Completely normal. They think that something's gone wrong and they're in trouble when they have emotion. Now, they might be in trouble for their behavior, but that's where you can do rewinds and be like, you know, when they're in the calm and this green zone, like what happened there? Let's do a rewind. Let's do that again. Oh my goodness, what was happening for you? This is what I saw from my point of view. What was going on for you? And they have that clarity. So making soup for Grady was when he was in the yellow of the red zone, I would say something like, do you want to spell your name backwards or do you want to make soup? Or do you want to count backwards from 10 or do you want to make soup? Do you want to count by twos or make soup? So you give them two choices when you're offering support. Because if you say, how do you want to calm down? While they're in yellow or red, they're not going to even have a clue, even if they have 100 strats in their tool belt. So that's why it's good to offer them a choice of two to kind of give them some of their power back because they're feeling very out of control and they can't control themselves. So a way to give them a little bit of that control back is to offer two suggestions. Or you can just offer one if two is too much for them. And Grady's favorite was soup. And so I'd say, do you want to make soup or do you want to spell your name backwards? And if you ever did say spell your name backwards, then I'd say something like, do you want to spell your first name backwards or your last name? Because our last name is pretty long. And he would usually choose his first name. Again, age and stage, 11 and 13, no bueno. You can still do the steps. It's just at the end, you say, do you need help calming down? Do you want to calm down by yourself? Because sometimes we can add gas on the fire if we're on top of them. Like, you need to calm down. Let's try this. Let's try this. And they're like, bro, I need my space. So making soup, I'd say, do you want to make soup? When one time they were like three and five and my dad took them to Wendy's and they both were fighting over the same chair. They were fighting over where to sit. I think they both wanted to sit next to grandpa. So he figured it out. They both got their own chair, but then Grady was screaming and crying at Wendy's going, I want soup. I want soup from my dad. And my dad's like, they don't have soup here, buddy. Just chili and frosties. What, what, what do you want? You know, and he was just trying, but Grady was saying like, I need help calming down. I can't do this on my own. Grandpa, help me, help me. So when you make soup, you say, do you want to make soup? Okay, well, let's make soup. I'm going to make SpongeBob soup or whatever they're into. I'm going to make Dora soup. What kind of soup are you going to make? And then he'd say, I'm going to make Elmo soup. Okay, you put in Elmo's red fur and I'm going to put in, if I'm doing, like I love Scooby-Doo, I'm going to do Scooby-Doo soup. So I'm going to put in some Scooby snacks. What are you going to put in yours? And then we're slowly but surely pulling them out of the red or yellow zone. And we're teaching them how to make space versus you're in trouble, go to your room, go to timeout. We're not teaching them anything. Just like we teach large group, small group, independent for reading, math, spelling, all the things, golf, baseball. Think about how many times they go to practice if they're playing on a sports team and how long it takes to master a sport or a skill. And it's done in levels, it's by age and stage. You don't put a 12-year-old on a t-ball team. You start with t-ball and then you move up and then you go to coach pitch and then you go to kid pitch and then the pitches get faster. 
So see how that's done on a continuum. The same thing works with teaching them about their emotions. And so I'd say, I'm going to put in some Scooby snacks. And then he'd say, okay, I'm going to do Elmo. So I'm going to put in the red fur. And then I'm going to put in some, oh, Shaggy wants to jump in here, the Shaggy doll. And then he'd say, well, I want to put in Abby, Elmo's friend. She wants to hop in the soup. Then you're kind of doing this dance and figuring out when they're kind of like in the green zone, okay, are you ready to, we might add two or three things. If they're still not calm, then we just add a couple more things. If they're really not into it, then you probably want to abort the mission and say, well, I'm here if you need help calming down. Why don't you go get your stuffed animal to help calm down? But I'm not freaking out because they're freaking out. That's gas on the fire. Our only job is to diffuse because in that diffusion is where we're teaching. And that's our job as a parent to be the adult. Because if we're upset that they're upset, then we're really in some deep doo-doo because they're not going to have any strats. And that's why it's going to feel like Groundhog Day. And the crying never stops because we're not teaching them. It's like, like I've always said, giving Grady his spelling words on Monday and then not even talking about the spelling words, not even having him practice, not have him do anything at school, nothing in the car. And then Friday, why didn't you get an A on your spelling test? What's going on? Why'd you miss all 25 words? You got 24 out of 25 wrong. What's going on? That's essentially what we're doing. We're not teaching our kids about emotional literacy. And so then once we've put in the different ingredients, maybe two, maybe three, maybe just one, then we say, okay, I'm going to take a sip of my soup to see if it's too hot. Let's breathe in the soup to smell it. Let's cool it off because mine's too hot. And we're teaching them breathing while we're making it light and fluffy. And it's a game. We're teaching them through strats. We're teaching them strats and we're stacking the strats. So if the breathing or the soup doesn't work, we have a backup. Then we have a backup for the backup and the backup for the backup. Just like spelling, just like Grady's learning golf. And he went to his golf coach yesterday. I said, what'd you learn today? He said, I I learned that when I'm following through, I'm not pointing to where I'm supposed to be hitting. My follow through is causing me a lot of problem. I'm like, oh, that's odd. You'd think after you hit the ball, the game's over. He's like, no, the follow through is almost as important as as where your hips are. I'm like, oh, didn't know that. Learn something new every day. So now he's stacking the strats of how to learn his golf swing. Same thing works with his baseball swing and Lily with volleyball. So you can see it very clearly in sports. You smell the soup. Oh, mine smells so good. I smell those Scooby snacks. What about yours? And then he's talking about the soup. Mine smells like Elmo soup. Okay, I'm going to cool off my soup because it's too, too hot. Then you're cooling off the soup. And what happens is when you're teaching them strats, you're also teaching yourself. You're also helping yourself calm down so you can get in the green zone. When they're in the yellow and red and we're in the yellow and red with them, we need help too. So that's sometimes why it's helpful to say, I'm going to stay calm to help you stay calm. It's a reminder to ourselves. We are not robots. Of course, we're upset that our kids are upset. We don't want that. Nothing's gone wrong though. That's what you want to keep reminding yourself of. That's what I remind myself of because my kids still get upset every single day. What happens over time is that it will happen with less frequency, less duration, and less intensity, but it never goes away, nor should it. That's what I really, really want to hammer home is that it never should ever go away because they're a human being, have a human experience. And then we can take a sip of our soup. Oh, mine's still a little too hot. I'm going to cool it off one more time. What about you? And then, oh, mine's ready. Oh, can I have a sip of yours? Oh, that's yummy soup. Oh, wow. That Elmo soup, you really worked hard on that. I'm going to add some pepper on mine. And then I'm going to give you a taste of mine. And then it's all pretend. We're literally holding our hands out like a cup. It's not like we go get bowls. It could be done at the park. It could be done a large group, small group, independently. And then you're stacking the strats and then you're also seeing what they go to and what their stacking of strats looks like. It's going to be different for every child, every age, every temperament, and probably both genders, it might be different. So what you do for one child isn't what you do for all the children. What I do for Lily is very different than what I do for Grady. What I do for Grady is very different than what I do for Lily because I'm individualizing it based on them and what works for them. Just like when we're teaching 20 first graders, sounding it out doesn't work for all 20 kids. So you have to get to know your child and what works for them. Then they'll see what works for you. And then you'll have a beautiful dance together 
versus stepping on each other's toes and adding flames to the fire. You can act as the human diffuser. I love you guys and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.